Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I want you to know that this is a bad Sunday if you put all your faith and hope in the football gods. <laughs> this was a bad Sunday, wasn't it? A bad Sunday to wake up. <laughs> I was always one. There's always somebody from Florida. Have you ever noticed that in the crowd? Always somebody. <laughs> oh, mercy. Well, let me give you a few announcements before we begin our worship. Uh, the prodigal study, prodigal son study that has been going on on Sunday nights is, is tonight is their closing night, and they're having a special praying home to prodigals uh, prayer time. And if you uh, have ever had a prodigal issue, or maybe you still have prodigals in your family, you're welcome to come and join them in their uh time tonight at 5.30. A reminder, this is library day. And Miss Beth will be carrying you children to the library. Tomorrow is the charge conference. Uh, if you're an officer or a chairperson or staff, we really need your attendance if you can be there. Um, all are always welcome at the annual charge conference. It's at seven o'clock in the sanctuary presided by the district superintendent. Katie, I'm going to hold this up. These, are, these forms are in your Sunday school classrooms today, and we still need volunteers for the Halloween Carnival, which is next Sunday at 5 o'clock here in the Family Life Center. So if, and she's got some of these with her right now. If you don't go to Sunday school or whatever, if you, she can give you one right now. So um, please, we need some more volunteers. Uh, to uh, help make sure we have a wonderful fall Halloween carnival like we usually do. Another announcement for tonight for the children is that the Sunday night programs uh, are tonight as usual, but this is the night in which they're dressing up in farmer attire. So if you uh, want to come in farmer attire to reinforce our lesson on the harvest, It'll give you a chance to dress up a little bit, uh, you, you young folks. Just uh, remember that. That's tonight at the usual time for the Sunday night programs. And Andy has an announcement he needs to make. And as he comes up, uh, remind you about prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, if you raise your hand and somebody will get you a prayer card. And then Andy's going to come up and give an announcement, and then we'll begin our worship together. Okay, Andy? You got it right there. Um, I have sign-up sheets in the back for setup and refreshments for this service, the 9 a.m. service. I'm trying to get 2014 all squared away. You might have seen the announcement in the bulletin and then in the newsletter as well. We have four months left on setup and two months left on refreshments, so I'm really happy with where we're at. But I'd like to finish that out so we can go ahead and get that to the coordinators uh, uh, and get everything lined up. So if you are interested in knowing more about that or know that you want to sign up, you can see me afterwards or just go ahead and go put your name down uh, on the clipboards at the back. They're right beside uh, the bulletins for this week. Uh, so I'd really appreciate it if uh, you'd consider serving in that way. And now stand up. It's time for us to begin our time of worship. Surely the presence 
of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we feel your presence with us this morning. Lord, we thank you for being here with us and just filling us up with your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us just to soak you in today, to fill every part of us with you. Lord, thank you so much for all that you do for us in our lives. We couldn't do a single day, a single moment without you and your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for that. In your name I pray, amen. pierced for our transgression crushed for our sin the punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds by his wounds we are healed he was pierced for our transgression Crushed for our sin, punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice. And the life that you gave, we are healed for you paid the price. By your grace, we are saved. We are saved. He was pierced for our transgression. Crushed for our sin, punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice. And the life that you gave, 
described by your grace we are saved we are saved he was pierced for our transgression crushed for our sin the punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds by his wounds what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of greet your neighbor. Tell them good morning. Tell them that you love them. And children, come to the carpet. Good morning. Do you guys pray? We pray at church. We pray at school. You pray at school. You pray at home. You pray before you eat. Do you ever have trouble wondering, what should I pray about today? You, you pray about God to God? Okay. Well, I know my girls sometimes, they'll go, well, I don't know what to pray about. So I'm going to just teach you a simple trick today to help you remember a people we should pray about. All right, I want you to pretend to be praying and hold your hands together. This is what I call the five-finger prayer. All right, we have our thumbs, and they're the closest to us. So who do you think we should pray about if we think of someone who's close to us? Your family, your friends, your pets. Okay, so that's your thumb. Then we have our fit, this finger here that we use to point at people, don't we? The, the pointer finger. Well, I want you to think of this finger as to think about the people who point you in the right way, that help you make good decisions, like your pastor, yep. Um, your youth pastor, your teachers, and even your parents. They point you in the right way most of the time anyway. may not be the way you want to go, but they're pointing you in that direction. All right. Then we have our tallest finger, the finger in the middle. And you can think about that as being the tallest, thinking of our leaders, like our president, or the mayor of Greer, and anyone in government, and help pray for them to make wise decisions. Then we have our ring finger. 
Do you know this is the weakest finger that you have? Yeah, you can't do much with it, can you? Yeah, well, this finger will help you think of people who are sick, people who are weak and struggling. And then your very last finger is your pinky finger, and that can make you think of yourself. So when you have trouble thinking about what should I pray about, look at those fingers, and then something will come to mind. Let's pray now. Dear Lord, thank you for being there for us and giving us the power and the strength every day. And we know it's very important to pray to you, and we will continue to do so because you are the all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All the, all the children want to go is go? Okay. Let us uh, bow our heads for prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these uh, people. Oh God, your words are sweetness and in your path is life. And we come as like little children uh, to come before you, oh Father. Merciful God. We're reminded this day that the promises that you make are true. You've promised us a new way of living. The covenant's written upon our hearts. But we must confess, O God, that our hearts turn away from you sometimes. We fall in love with the concerns of this world. We turn inward to our own desires. and Then we complain when you do not respond as quickly as we might wish. We abandon you when we give up on prayer. And then we wonder why we have lost heart. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Remember our sin no more. Turn us back to you, the source and giver of life. Your life-giving spirit has breathed into these sacred writings we call the Bible to instruct us for salvation through faith. Take away our itching in our ears and ground us in your word that we might proclaim the truth to an unbelieving world, bringing it back to you. We know that you employ many means to bring health and well-being to your people. And we pray this day for all the doctors and nurses and caregivers. We pray this day for all those who might need a special touch of your grace. And we pray, O oh God, this day for people who are discouraged or have lost heart. Uh, we pray for those who are in discomfort with disease. We pray especially, O oh God, for all those who are on our prayer list. We pray for those uh, that we name in our hearts now. And we specifically pray, O oh God, 
for a father with serious health issues. And we lift up, oh God, uh, a family, a son and a family that is moving to Texas today. And we pray for their safe journeys and for their life to begin anew in this new place. Oh Lord, we know that not all afflictions will be removed in this life. So give us all the strength to endure. And give us, give to all of us your peace. Continue to write your words on our hearts and listening to us. For we pray in your name as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have been traveling down through Luke and looking at many parables. And uh, we have another one today that's found in chapter 18. Uh, beginning at verse 1, and Jesus said these words. Jesus said to those who had gathered around him, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about people, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Give me justice. For some time the judge refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God and care about these folks yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't wear me out. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do thank you for your words. To get that, or Even though they're oftentimes they're spoken in ways and parables and ways that are hard for us at first to discern, but your Holy Spirit gives us direction and guidance in all things if we're just open to it. So let us be open now to your Holy Spirit as we seek to understand. In your name we pray, amen. Now how many of you think that perseverance is a trait that's much admired? Do you, most of you agree with that? Perseverance is definitely one of those character traits that people really do admire in other people. Uh, the, to be able to persist uh, at whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, to labor unceasingly in that uh, regard, uh, to hang in there and against all odds, uh, usually you will accomplish a great deal of things. And the Bible is full of examples of perseverance uh, from Jacob to Paul. And the lesson today uh, seems to be a classical example of the link uh, between persevering 
perseverance and blessing, blessings. Today I want to suggest to you that Jesus was really trying to tell the disciples and us so much more than that. Yes, on the face of it, on a, a quick reading of it, uh, we see those things, but I believe Jesus was trying to tell us a whole lot more. You see, if we narrow the scriptures down just to that, perseverance brings blessing, then in effect we have lost the essence of our faith, which is we're saved by grace through faith. And it's not of our own doing. It's a gift from God. In other words, if we just assert to people, if they'll just hang in there and praise God, uh, God will roll over and give them whatever they want. And when we make that kind of assertion, we reduce the gospel to a matter of works. And because it reduces the gospel to a matter of works, it lays guilt trips on people and it creates pride in others. For example, if you try hard enough, God will give you stuff. See what I have? You ever heard that? Or if you don't try hard, or not hard enough, God will not listen to you. You will not get what you want or need. See, I think that's a fallacy sometimes when people do too literal of readings of Scripture. And consequently, we have a lot of poor uh, preaching to each other in that regard because how can we look in another person's eye and tell that person who's suffering if you had just prayed hard enough you wouldn't have be suffering how can we say to someone who is suffering from cancer or whose child has been hurt in a tragic accident that if you just remembered to have prayed to God this would not have happened you see perseverance and you'll be blessed is really not Jesus' point in this scripture. And now it sounds like it is, but the reality is that Jesus is trying to get you to draw a contrast between the ways of the world and the way that people operate in the world and the way God operates in the world. If a corrupt and unjust judge will act right, how much more will God do what is right? the God who loves us and who's concerned with us, how much more will that God bring about justice in your life? How much more will that God be with you as you struggle and persevere through the trials and tribulations of this life? Jesus' point is for us not to lose heart. And he wants us to continue to be in prayer, to persist in prayer, to persevere in the midst of trials and tribulations. But it is not always going to be a blessing at, during it. And the blessing sometimes comes, as in the prayer I just said, at the end of things. But God is still going to be with us through that journey. You see, it's really a matter of timing. It's really a matter of timing. And there's no quick formula that says, if I'll do this, a blessing will occur. That formula is really false. It's a matter of timing. I heard a, uh, a story once about a person who was a little bit confused on God's timing, how God's timing worked in his life. And he had been uh, reading in the newspaper a series of articles uh, about church and church attendance in the churches in the area. 
And one day he decided to write a letter to the, er to the editor. He was not a church goer. And he said, print this if you dare. I'm trying an experiment. I have a field of corn which I plowed on Sunday. I planted it on Sunday. I did all the cultivating on Sunday. I gathered the harvest during Sunday worship. I hauled it to my barn on Sunday. I find that my harvest this October is just as great as any of my neighbors who went to church on Sunday. In fact, my harvest is better. So where was God? I persevered. Where was God's blessing to these others? I've been blessed without even connecting to God at all. Well, the answer came with another letter to the editor. And in that letter, the person wrote, your mistake is thinking that God always settles his accounts in October. <laughs> That's often our mistake. We think that God will act when and how we want God to act, according to our timetable, according to our desire. And the fact is our vision is limited. We can't see the end from the beginning. And somehow this escapes us and we forget that bad things do happen and sometimes it seems that justice will not come, that evil is prevailing, that death has the last word. And this is why Jesus wants us to pray always and not to lose heart and to understand the difference between those in this world and how they operate and how God operates. Persistence in prayer is, of course, about being faithful. It means refusing to give in to appearances. Uh, it means to trust in God. It means to trust that God will act the right way, that God will act in His perfect timing, not ours. You know, I'll be the first to tell you that it often appears that we are alone, but the scripture is very clear that if you seek God with all your heart, all your mind, your soul, your spirit, you will find God. I've often told people when they ask me, says, I just don't feel God's presence. And I would tell them, have you sought God's presence? And so many times people will say, well, you know, I prayed. I said, well, you did? When did you pray? Well, I, I, prayed, I prayed last week, I think. <laughs> Persistence in prayer means that you pray unceasingly, as Paul said. It remains refusing to give in to appearances, in other words, what you can see with your eyes, and continue to trust that God is acting and that God is acting in the right way and that God is acting in perfect timing for justice for you and for the world. It may appear that we're alone. It may appear that God does not hear. It may appear that injustice and evil are prevailing. But faith dares to go on praying it dares to approach the reality that we cannot see and live by it. And this is what makes people different in our world. People of faith are willing to live by what they cannot see. People of faith are willing to live and believe things to be real that they cannot see. They believe in things that the world tells them is not real. 
Many people mostly pray when they're in a jam. I find myself doing that a lot too. When they're desperate, they often cry out to God because they can't come up with a fast and easy human uh, solution or equation. But when they don't get the answer that they expect, when they expect it, they usually are tempted to stop praying and to start asking why. And that, my friends, if, if you've been present and been listening the last few weeks, you'll know that the constant refrain of these scriptures that we've been journeying through in Luke is about faith. They're about faithfulness. They're about faithful living. That's what Jesus calls us to. Jesus calls us to pray always and not to lose heart. God has promised to stand by us and to vindicate us. He has promised a new heaven and a new earth. He's promised to save us and deliver us. The lesson is not <clears throat> persist and you'll get a blessing because those who believe always in the end get a blessing. The real lesson is found in our reaction to the world around us. The real lesson is in our reaction to the trials and tribulations. The real proof of our faith is in whether or not we trust, whether or not we believe, whether or not we continue to pray even when it seems like there's no reason to pray. That is examples of the of people of faith. Or do we just see the world as all there is? Nothing, this is all there is, there's nothing else. Do we just think about God when we have exhausted all other thought possibilities? And then do we abandon God when things aren't happening as we think they should? Where is the point in your life at which you need to let go of your fears? Where you need to let go of your frustrations? Where you need to let go of your impatience? Where you need to let go of your anger? Where is the point in your life in which you need to sink down in patient trusting? Trusting God's timing and God's way of working. Where is the point in your life at which you need to stop asking why? Where is the point in your life where you need to trust God to bring about what God has promised in His own good timing? Where is the point in your life in which you need to let go of your fears, your frustrations, your impatience, your anger. Jesus knew way back then that we would be tempted in the latter days to lose our faith. That's why he ended up that parable 
with the question. The question I have, though, for all you listening to me today, Jesus said, is when I come back, will I find us faithful? Will I find you faithful? Will I find faith on earth? That's a serious question. We all need to examine ourselves and our personal faithfulness, our personal walk, and we need to look around and see where we can affect and change and bring others into this saving grace called the love of God as found in Jesus Christ. My job is to challenge you, make you think, and to ponder. Jesus said, will I find faith when I return? Amen. Let us respond by standing and affirming our faith. Let us join together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated and we let our ushers now receive our tithes and our offerings. Every time you've taken me back 
for me my life when I don't have the strength to give it away to you please take from me my life when I don't have the strength to give it away to you Jesus please take from me my life when I don't have the strength Give it away to you. Please take from me my life when I don't have the strength to give it away to you, Jesus. To give it away to you, Jesus. stand and let's sing together.
of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Have a great week.